Do your best and the hell with the rest. What's up, guys? Let's throw it back a bit. In this episode, I sat down with Keel, an uplifting, cross-dressing female bodybuilder with more flavor in her little body than I've ever seen. This episode was recorded at the beginning of 2019. I thought it'd be nice to bring this one back to give context to next Sunday's episode. I'll let you guess who my guest was. Let's get to it. Cue that intro in three, two. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you. The ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time. Your chance to become more than they believe you are. More than you believe you are. So let's do this. Together. together I would say but we were there at the same time mm -hmm. helping each other mutually in the same gym at Ryerson and I was sending you good vibes from across the gym and I could feel the good vibes being sent back and we were almost the only two in there at the ass crack of dawn every <laughs> single day so true. shout out to Chris Chris was there too yes Chris was there too it was way too early it was dark some mornings yeah. we waited outside the gym together some mornings <laughs> for them to open those doors it's good yeah so, Kiel, tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, I know a lot about you, but our listeners don't. Yes, well, first, uh, hi, I'm Kiel. My full name is Keely Grace, but it doesn't really flow with what I look like. Unfortunately, you guys can't see me. <laughs> uh, you're just hearing me. But I am absolutely open about who I am. I was born with rainbows coming out behind me. I'm as gay as I could be. I am a cross-dressing female that is so tomboy. I've been asked to leave washrooms, and I don't fear that anymore but it used to really bother me and honestly in the fitspo world i am a i'm a female bodybuilder uh, i'm a, fit, a physique competitor i hope to be an ifbb pro in the next five years but i know that in my lifetime i will be an ifbb pro and for those of you that don't know what that is that is like winning the stanley cup of bodybuilding um, other than that, I am a working fitness model right now. I'm a personal trainer. I am a health coach. I'm an almost, almost keyword, registered dietitian. That's what I'm going to Ryerson University for. And believe it or not, I'm only 20 years old. Woo! Ah, holler! Two decades of life. Yeah. Uh, so in layman's terms, I'm a fitness fanatic. And I live to inspire others. I think that when I really come back to my passions and my drives, my wants, my needs, it all revolves around serving others. And I am just a little happy-go-lucky. Actually, I'm not that little. I'm 5'6". I'm 5'6". And right now I'm in off-season, which means I'm trying to put on muscle mass for you know people that are a little bit unfamiliar with bodybuilding terms. Uh, and, oh, your girl's eating good. I'm sitting at a real good right now, 128 pounds. So I'm not big. 
but I'm not little either. And you're a little um, firecracker if I was to put a label on you. I like Jack Russell Terrier. Love that too. He is. I'm like a little dog in a big. I'm a big dog in a little dog's body. Nice. Um, I'm a, I'm a open person, so I'm just here. I'm queer. <laughs> And, you're ready uh, to spit some inspiration, I'm sure. Yeah, and I'm ready to put it into full gear. Yeah. So. so really, like, it's an honor to have you here. Like, I've really been wanting you on a podcast for um, quite some time now. And so you talk a lot about fitness mm. and health and just overall well-being. And I want to know, were you always like that? Absolutely not. Uh, a lot of people... Thank you, by the way. First, I just want to flashback. I really appreciate the love. I really wanted to be here. Um, I, I appreciate you guys and what this dream is. Um, I started out as... And quote me, my family used to call me the Pillsbury Doughboy. I was a little, fat, chubby, happy child. I couldn't run 400 meters, which is one lap around the soccer field. You know, absolutely compulsory for that dreaded track and field day in elementary school. I couldn't do that when I was 12 years old. It was rough. I was... First, it was chubby, and it was cute, but then you're six, and you're seven, and you're eight, you're nine, you're ten, you're eleven, and kids start to call you fat. They start to drop some heavy words on a light mind, and when you're the only kid that can't finish a race, and you're, you have a conscious awareness of that, I mean, you're in your early teens, it hits you, and it's hard. So I was always active, um, which is kind of funny because I was, like, the chubby person on the team all the time. Uh, I have great – I'm not flaunting here, but I'm coordinated. I played uh, junior hockey. I just kind of carried a little bit more weight. And it was okay because the demands that I had to physically fulfill, I could do with – about 20 extra pounds on me because I wasn't a sprinter, I wasn't a track athlete. Then I would have, by all means, got my ass handed to me. But I was a hockey player. I was a rugby player, so I mean, I fit right in there. You know, you're cross-dressing and you're overweight, like, <laughs> boom, rugby. Yeah. Like, I was basically made to play rugby when I came into high school. Played hockey all growing up, but I was the goalie, so I didn't necessarily have to have that agility that a player had to have so I could carry some extra weight and I've always loved food now I'm a little meal prep fiend and I love cooking but now it's very healthy um, I came from a very unhealthy family which is still my main motivator where I am now um, but my mom is and I love her my mom is my best friend but she's type 2 diabetic and she's morbidly obese my dad, again, he's overweight, not clinically obese yet, but I was never made to eat healthily until I realized, hmm, I'm about 14 years old and one of these things doesn't look like the others. And that started to bug me and that's what got me here. Yeah. So uh, your overall health and your awareness and your concern, um, did it stem from your family, would you say? Definitely, because when you go to parent-teacher interviews, when you are... I was always an involved kid. I started clubs. I played on teams. You're there. You're involved. Um, funny enough, being gay was never, ever even a problem. I had it so easy LGBT-wise. It was fantastic. Um, my mom basically 
told me when I was in grade six, like, Keel, you're gay, we love you, but you have to get that into your head now because you're different and that's okay. But they basically told me like, you're gay, that's what these feelings are. And it was amazing. Um, but being overweight was definitely a factor because my mom and I would go to Dairy Queen at like 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know, it's great and you create those memories, but that is so bad for you on so many it's levels. It's not the life that you wanted to lead, obviously. No, but at the time, I didn't know the difference. Okay. I didn't know it was wrong. Right. There was a misinformation because, I mean, I was raised by a single mom. Sorry, my parents are split up, but they're cool. They're cool. Yeah, cool. Um, so I would go see my dad on the weekends, and it was like Penny Polo dinners, like yeah. Michelinas mm -hmm. and Pizza Pockets, and him and I would always go get McFlurries after baseball. Right. So I always had this sugary or really calorically dense food in conjunction with the activities I was doing. So my dad was my baseball coach. We played baseball four times a week. Before the game, we'd probably eat spaghetti because, quote-unquote, we needed to carb up right. for, I mean, for like a 12-year-old's baseball game. <laughs> Thanks. No, you don't. Um, and then after, we would go get slushies. Right. Or after, we'd go get ice cream. So definitely, I was bringing in, like... Probably triple the amount of food that I was expending. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, to boot, worked as a single mom. So my grandmother, my mother's mom, moved in with me. We're super Irish. I'm second generation to Ireland. So you better believe it. It was like hot hamburger sandwiches. <laughs> Do you understand what a hot hamburger sandwich is? Spell it out for me. It's ground beef fried in a pan with the oil that you've previously cooked and kept in your fridge cook together you fry some onions in there because you gotta get some veggies oh it's disgusting but just it gets better while you're doing that you're making gravy preferably from a box but sometimes we didn't have the conveniency so either can or something you know like irish stew style yeah and then you would form that ground beef into patties kind of fry them up with those onions maybe throw some liver in there i was never a liver fan but i am from the east coast so i'm familiar with the dis disgusting meat that it is <laughs> and then you would throw a nice white slice of bread wonder bread style right onto a plate put that hot hamburger minced patty thing with the onions on top of the bread and then just fill that plate up with gravy that was dinner do you understand that some dogs in the united states eat better than that that's what I was raised on. Right. And then on the way home from school, I'd walk by a convenience store. And the convenience store owner knew me by name because I'd always get a large blue raspberry slush puppy and two caramel bars. And I would eat that before dinner. And then after dinner, I'd probably have a snack because you can't be full after eating two slices of bread and fried ground beef right. and gravy. Right. If it wasn't that, you know, it was like fried mashed potatoes, okay. sausages, cream corn, things that are very Irish. Yeah. There was a reason there was an epidemic in Ireland in the 40s and everybody got scurvy yeah. because they don't eat anything green. Right. It was carried over because my grandmother, God bless her, I love her, but she grew up in the Depression. There's not a lot of color going on on those plates. So I had a lot of processed foods, a lot of canned foods. My breakfast every single day was four toaster strudels with, you better believe it, all four icing. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Because you can't not design it like they did in the commercials. Like, I was going to up those YTV kids. Of course. But you can't do that with one packet. No, you can't do that with one packet. I mean, I, can, I have clear memories of just oozing that packet into my mouth. 
while there was toaster strudel probably on top of my face. <laughs> and that was just before school. And then, I mean, at school I had, like, the Lunchables, the whole kit. Right. It was love in my lunch pail, but my mom didn't know either. So I was fed misinformation that led to my overweightness. So how did you educate yourself? Honestly, it came from obsession. And I think there's a really, really thin line between a bad obsessed and a good obsessed, but you can't tell me the most successful people in this world haven't been obsessed with their craft. And that's exactly what it turned into. So uh, grade 10 was a horrible year for me, and that led into a even worse grade 11. Uh, the love of my life at, up till this point broke my heart into a million congillion pieces and then stepped all over it. We were together for two years and I'm not I'm not angry about it anymore, but I was for a really long time. And uh, she broke up with me um, in futuristic terms. So in the February of grade 11, she told me that once, or sorry, in the February of grade 12, she told me that when grade 12 was over, we were done. You can't tell me that doesn't screw with a 17-year-old's mind. Hockey ended because my team, I, every team I've ever played on sucked. <laughs> so we, we were out of the season really early. So hockey was done. Rugby was done. I was the captain of every team I was on. And at the ex same week of my life, my girlfriend at the time told me that in five months, we're no longer together. But till then, we're good. <laughs> okay, thanks, babe. Two years is nothing. <laughs> Love you too. Love you too. Uh, she just wanted to, like I quote, fake it for prom. Because mm. she didn't want to end it in the tail end of grade 12. And then everyone, I mean, we were like prom queen and queen. Everyone right. loved the only gay, right. openly gay couple. We right. were almost like famous. Well, actually, no. We were famous for that high school. But we were almost idolized of like the perfect relationship. Yeah. And in its heyday, it was. Yeah. But after she dropped that, it was a riot. It was horrible. It was such a bad relationship. It was toxic. And then hockey ended, rugby ended, baseball ended, badminton ended, swimming was no longer going on. I had nothing. I was absolutely nothing. Everything I associated as, I mean, I was those teams. Acting for, we didn't get enough numbers on the improv that year, so I couldn't even act. And at the same time, I was having some serious teenager angst yeah. existentially about what I was going to do with my life. Because in grade 12, they're just shoving that crap down your throat of you have to pick a career now. Pick a career now. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to help people. And then I knew that everything in my life that I loved was over. You had nothing. I had absolutely nothing but the weight room. Right. I could always go to the gym and I could always control what food went in my mouth. And slowly, I mean, I remember there was a good two months I didn't want to be alive. And I know to a lot of people that sounds like, oh, whatever, you just lost a couple teams. But I grew up as those teams. I was the captain of all those teams. I started the girls' hockey team at my high school. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't just part of these teams. I, were, I was the team. And, you know, people get nasty when you're like 16, 17. And everybody chose her side of the breakup. So I was not only without a purpose, I was without people. 
And now I know the science behind, you know, a little bit more of evolutionary, natural standards that we actually, as humans, need a pack or we need a group, a cluster, whatever you want to call it. Because when we're isolated, really bad things happen. Mm -hmm. And I was isolated. I was absolutely physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually isolated as a 17-year-old. And... I just hit the weight room because no matter how bad it is, outside of those doors, a 30-pound dumbbell is a 30-pound dumbbell. And it's what you do with that dumbbell that determines how good you are. So I took that and I ran with it. I really just sat with the idea that no matter what's going on outside of this realm I can control, which is school and teachers and friends and foes and this existential angst and I I didn't know anything but I knew how to work out because through all those teams and everything you're always you know you're working out you're doing dry land training or this and that have you and I just took it to the next level and I became super obsessed I read every single bodybuilding.com article you can imagine I basically worshipped these bodybuilders because they have this discipline and this drive and I can associate with them because they live a lonely lifestyle and I was so alone. I'm also an only child with a single mother so when I go home it's like me and the dogs chilling. <laughs> Not a lot going on. So I didn't even have a brother or sister to go bug and then I didn't have any friends and I mean, I mean like sitting in the cafeteria by yourself in the most highly populated high school in Barrie, because I grew up in a city called Barrie, by yourself. The only people I talked to throughout my day were the cafeteria ladies and my teachers, and that went on for a year and a half. So you can't tell me that I didn't feel loneliness. I was absolutely, utterly isolated, and it made me appreciate um, a side of humanity that I wasn't feeling because when you're alone by yourself I started podcasting so I listened to a lot of podcasts because then you reach out to a different world view so as I was sitting there surrounded by almost superficial minds I was just researching and reading and I was eating out of uh, a company that I encourage you to look up Fitmark, those Fitmark lunch pails, those meal prep bags, it was ridiculous. I was a 17-year-old living a 25-year-old bodybuilder's life, mm -hmm. and uh, I could go to the supplement store all the time. It was really close to my house. It's this place called Body System. Shout out to Andrew Aki, who owns that place, and I became a brand ambassador for Body Systems because there was like, hey, kid. Do you want to get free supplements for working out so much? All you have to do is tag us. And I was like, yeah, because I survive on your supplements. I'm in here like every second day. Yeah. And it just, it just rolled. And then finally high school was over and I got out of there. And I had a year's gap because I was still, I'm an indecisive person when it comes to longevity decisions, I want to say. I don't want to be tied down. So I didn't really know what I was going to go into, so I went into everything, and I failed at everything. So on top of being alone all the time, it was like, I'm going to be a paramedic. No. I'm going to be a firefighter. No. I'm going to be a doctor. No. I want to be a chemist. No. I want to be a psychologist. No. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a movie producer. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be an English major. And all of those came crashing down in my hands within like the 
five month span and it was horrible so I got a job at HomeSense and I figured my shit out and that's where I am today and that took time <laughs> yeah that took about a year and a half so what do you have to say to all these people that like it's like okay they're in grade 12 mm -hmm. and or even grade 11 and they have to get their shit together they got to figure out what they got what they want to do or so they're told what would you tell those people that the people telling you you need to have your shit figured out don't know shit because <laughs> once i got out of high school it was like oh this is the world what they feed you in high school is absolute garbage i was such a better person when i finally got out of there it was like going from this Tweet, like Tweety Bird in her cage or him. There's a huge controversy over <laughs> what gender Tweety Bird is, but I'm not going to go into that. I say her, whatever. You can hate me because you hate me. Like, Tweety Bird in her cage, just chirping, and it's great in that cage, but you're just kind of flying around. You're like, oh, this cage is nice, but you don't know what's out there. And then you get out there, and like, yeah, there's Sylvester the cat that wants to kill you, but it's, it's an open realm. You can easily get away from those cats as the bird, but you've got to get out of that cage. I mean, so your cage was high school, and once you got out, you kind of figured out who you are, what you really did want to do. Totally. And so how are you doing that now? Like, what is Kiel? Who is Kiel now? Yeah, I, um, like, shout out to my mom. My mom is a G. I love her to death. Uh, I got out of high school and I went, Mom, I want to be an English major. And she went, no, because you're not going to get a job and you're not living in my basement for the rest of your life. Mm. And I went, okay, fine. I want to go into humanities at the University of Ottawa. They have a great program. And she went, stop, same thing, no. I want to be an act. She said, stop. No, you're not acting. My mom is a very, she's always been hard on me, but I've gotten to the points of success in my life because of my mom. Nobody pushes me except for my mom. All through, I don't want to say like, oh, I was a really smart kid, but I mean, you can tell elementary school and high school, those kids that didn't really have to study that hard. Mm -hmm. I could easily whim over some bio the night before and pull an 80. Right. It was great at the time because I was playing all these sports and it was, you know, I was studying in the backseat of a, after a hockey game on the car ride home, so I was not putting in work. I was, I've never been an avid student. I would sit there drawing on the desk going, oh my gosh, I wish I was working out. Right. Or I wish I was playing hockey or something else, but I, I didn't like school. I still don't really love it, but... It's different now. University is a completely different ball stadium, not even a game. And my mom really said, Kiel, you got to figure out what you love. And she told me straight up, you love fitness and health and training people because I was kind of dabbling with that in my time off going, you know, people would just approach me in the gym and say, hey, how do I look like you? And I'm like, okay, email me and I'll tell you. But you got to eat transfer first and you know that's how it all played out and she goes well be a personal trainer okay there's a college course for that it's two years but it leads to what I see as and I'm not putting down any other personal trainers because I am one now and it's it's great but it's not a career you you can have a job as a personal trainer but I mean you can't tell me those people at good life that you see are miserable I mean, that's it. All you do all day is have an hour with one person, and you're basically going through cookie-cutter programs. 
It's the personal trainers that lead an entrepreneurial life mm. that make it. Right. Those are careers, but those aren't just personal trainers. So I said, Mom, I want to be a personal trainer. And she said, great, that's a good starting point. You're allowed. Mm. But that's not it. Right. You can't just go to college for two years and call it quits. You, gotta, you have to do more. My mom, though, has pushed me coming from a place of, I grew up really, really below certain financial levels. Right. We never had anything. We never had vacations. We never had anything. Like, I'm talking like food poverty. Like it was real. There was a reason I now know I was eating pizza pockets. That's because there's three bucks at Walmart. Right. I had a lettuce is $3. You can't like box of pizza pockets that can feed my kid lunch for a week or one head of lettuce. Thank you very much. You all know the answer to that. So I grew up below financial assistant lines, and my mom, obviously as a single mom, she worked her ass off. She had two full-time jobs. She didn't finish college, so she's had it rough. She also grew up in a very poor family in a more poor era. I mean, 60s, 70s, 80s, that was bad if you were poor because mm. they were literally adding milk to, or adding water to the milk carton to feed all four siblings. Yeah. So... My mom had it real bad. She just wanted me to be okay financially because she knew how hard it is when you're not. And I'm sure everybody listening can easily relate to those friends that had a cottage and these skidoos and you know they're gonna miss school and get some notes off you because they're going to Disney World. That was my life. I never went anywhere. Even when I traveled for hockey, I had to miss some tournaments because it's it's real. You can't get to the States. We can't feasibly pay 10 grand to go to Rochester, New York for a weekend to play hockey. Thanks guys, but I, I can't. That's hard. So she just wanted me to go into a profession that was for sure and that was going to grant me a better life than what I grew up with because it was rough. And again, that's where a lot of where I am now stems from. So I went, okay, I can't be a personal trainer. That's okay. There's more to that. And I started digging and doing a little bit of research and then a lot of research because I jump into something when I love it. And I found Ryerson's program for nutrition and food science. And it is everything that I am and it's everything that I love. You become a registered dietitian, um, not a nutritionist. So fun fact, nutritionist not actually allowed to give you meal plans. Everybody out there that's on a meal plan from a nutritionist, it's illegal. <laughs> But, not saying, or not putting down nutritionists, they just don't have a degree, and they're actually, underneath the government of Canada standards, not allowed to tell you what to eat. Fun fact. Anyway, the funnest fact. Funnest fact. <laughs> I mean, you can, even funner fact, you can just call yourself a nutritionist. Yeah. Doesn't even, you don't even have to have, you can just slap on a, a name tag to your front door and say, nutritionist lives here. Boom. And people can... Pay you money to tell them what to eat. Mm -hmm. I kudos anybody making a, a, a career out of being a nutritionist because mm -hmm. you're playing on people's misknowledge. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like, look at the greatest people. But, you know, anyway, side note. I'm going to be a registered dietitian and a food chemist. So the people that make and brand and create uh, branched chain amino acids, protein powders, pre-workouts, post-workouts, intra-workouts... That's me. That's going to be me. And at the end of the day, yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a little fitness fiend. Yeah, honestly, when I first met Keel, 
she would not stop talking yeah. about everything about fitness, everything that has to do with fitness, everything that she aspired to learn about fitness. And even now, I knew that in this podcast, she'd be going on a tangent. But what I still don't know, Kiel, yeah. where do you see yourself in five years? Um... Thank you, by the way. Dreams. I've always yeah. loved being vocal. My entire life, I've been told to shut up. And then once I got to university, I went, oh, thank you. Somebody in the lecture room that isn't just sitting there on their phone. There you go. So now it's like, okay, guys, you know, I win at the end yeah. of the day. Because, sure, tell me to shush all through elementary school. Kill stop talking. Kill stop talking. I can't tell you how many friends I got in trouble for yapping. I've never been able to shut up. And... That's okay, because you know what? I do kind of dabble as a speaker for certain companies, and that's what they want. Somebody with a loud voice that doesn't necessarily have to know everything about what they're talking about, but wants to talk about it. It's the thing with, But the thing with you is that there's passion behind every single word. I don't know if you guys are, like, if you guys can feel it from the other side of this microphone, but there's passion. I just have a lot of energy to give, and thank you, no by the way. Is there's like this fire in my belly and it's like this furnace like it's a coal furnace though because it never stops right. even when the embers are orange they're still sizzling right. and uh, I mean I drink casein protein before I go to bed I'm always anabolic yeah. so uh, in five years so uh, I'm gonna be a professional I'm gonna be a professional at something I can't tell you exactly what it is right now but I'm either going to be an IFBB pro, which again is the International Federation for Bodybuilding, and be a professional in that, have my pro card, which is like getting your name on the Stanley Cup or the Grey Cup or whatever the hell they do in soccer, FIFA. <laughs> do you get your name on that thing? Who knows? I don't, I, I don't know. Some of you guys might know, but I don't know. I think you drink out of it at some point. Yeah. So I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be raising a glass to not being in school anymore because university is, is a heck of a time, especially when you're a chemistry major. They're ruthless. So, you know, I'm going to have been out of school for two years at that point. Be a professional bodybuilder. If not, I will be a professional in the entrepreneur world. Because I'm going to be starting a supplement company once I have a degree that legally lets me put my name on it. Because right now, I mean, if I mix a couple powders and into a container that makes you tingle and gives you a good pump, people probably wouldn't buy that. Because I'm a 20-year-old gym freak that's selling you powders. It doesn't look, <laughs> doesn't look too good. Yeah, but I can be a 23-year-old gym freak with a degree selling you a powder, and it's a totally different game. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, if not, I'm going to be working for a supplement company, getting my way up, and preferably living in New Zealand. Wow. Because New Zealand, everybody out there, New Zealand is popping. You guys got to get to New Zealand. They are ahead of us by, like, looks like thousands of years, technology-wise, fitness-wise, happiness-wise. Just look up New Zealand and Google and tell me that you don't want to live there. There's sheep everywhere. Nice. Sorry, but Who wouldn't yeah. want to live with some sheep? I want to go into a Walmart and be like, oh, sorry, I can't get to that rack because there's a sheep in front of me. <laughs> like, you know? And, and they have one of the highest happiness rates in the world, which, again, is really hard to measure because how do you measure happiness? Right. But 
from polls, from public polls and votes, their people are living lavishly, and there's almost no violence in New Zealand. Their jail, like the people, um, the amount of people in jail in New Zealand is almost a joke. I think there's like five people, and they've been put there because there wasn't room in the United States. So tell me, after you Google New Zealand, you don't want to live there either. And fun, kind of cool thing, uh, if anybody out there is in university in Canada or any Commonwealth countries, and that means that we still relate to the monarchy, because Britain governs us, that's why the Queen's on our our $20 bills, fun fact, you know, some people don't know that. Um, If you're in any colonized country underneath the monarchy, you can work with that degree. So if I get a degree in Canada, it still matters in New Zealand, whereas some people get really caught with that because they get a degree in, say, Europe, and then they come home to Canada, and they go, look, Mom, I have a degree. doesn't mean anything. Or if you go to the States, it doesn't mean anything because you didn't do their school system. You know, that's probably another podcast about how crappy some education systems can be. But we'll make sure we get you on that one. Yeah, I mean, like, the transferability of degrees, that's why you see people from, you know, like, your Uber drivers. They, I, I had the best conversation with a Lyft driver the other day, coming home from Costco, because meal prep is life, <laughs> and he has a degree in neuroscience from Iraq, and he's driving a freaking Uber. Yeah. Because he can't get a de- he can't get a job here because his degree means nothing. Right. Sorry, but four years of your life for neuroscience isn't nothing. You have I should be driving you around. Yeah. Like what? Right, right, right. What? He worked his ass off, and what does he have to show? I think for? I tipped him like twenty five dollars. Right. I was like, I'm so sorry. He showed me pictures of his kids. Yeah. Like, wow. You know, it's it's rough. Yeah. Um, I think that just about wraps it up for today, but I just want, uh, do you have anything else you'd like to tell people just to reflect on or to appreciate or just a little bit of keel inspiration to sprinkle on them? Um, I'm just going to, I don't know what exactly you want to call it, but maybe just some things to meditate on. Uh, Be grateful. The world owes you nothing. And I learned that the hard way because after I did my first bodybuilding show, I spiraled out of control with a horrible eating disorder um, because I was so angry and I felt like the world owed me so much, especially after when I was in high school and everything came crashing down. Even my mom can say, like, I was so hard to live with. You didn't even want to talk to me. And I look back now and I just thank her for... She's my mama bear and she always says, good night, baby bear. And, like... You know, now we're on such good terms, but, like, the world owes you nothing. The world will push you down and step on you and then jump on you and then laugh at you for being on the ground. And that's okay, because you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with yourself. The more of yourself that you can be, the more... The more happy you'll be. Because if you're not grateful for just, and I know it's cliche, and I know it's, you know, whatever, but it's not cliche to wake up every day and go, you know what? Yeah, I'm grateful for today. Because if you can take two minutes at some point in your day, it doesn't have to be when you wake up, because I know that I listen to a lot of people that are like, when I wake up, I write down my goals for the day, and I drink a cup of coffee, and I meditate, and blah, 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 this and that, and the other thing. I'm like, yo, when I wake up, I have the gym. Like, that is on my mind. Boom, gym time. The only thing in my system is pre-workout. 
Like, it's just go gym. After the gym, I'm functioning. I'm a functioning adult after that. It's like some people have to have their coffee before you talk to them. I got to go to the gym before I can fully uh, participate in life <laughs> without getting some of that energy out. And there's studies behind this. It's not all just bullshit of like, no, I got to do me, this and that and the other thing. It's like, no, there's science behind actually working out and then functioning a lot better. So I can, I can throw some uh, links into the show notes for you guys. But if you can take away anything from this awesome podcast <laughs> with Keel is be humble, be grateful, the world owes you nothing, and just work your ass off. Because it, growing up, my mom, my dad, and my grandmothers always told me one thing is just do your best and the hell with the rest. And that was literally my motto growing up. I was, I remember being seven years old and losing the free throw competition in my gym and my dad just looking at me and going, do your best and the hell with the rest. Do your best and the hell with the rest. Thank you, Kiel. Thank give you, me a guys. Hug. Give me a hug. Thank you. <laughs> if you guys enjoyed this podcast, please don't be shy. Leave a rating and a review and let me know what you think. Love always, Jake. Mm-hmm.